Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. In this episode, my guest, Robbie Samuels, and I discussed the intersection of bringing the big idea of a service offering to life and successfully marketing it. Robbie is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, or what some would call a multi-hyphenate. In his case, this means that he's been a professional speaker, a business growth strategy coach, a virtual event design consultant, an executive Zoom producer, MC, podcast host, author, virtual presentation skills trainer, and I'm likely leaving something out. He has been recognized as a networking expert by Harvard Business Review, Forbes, and Inc., and is an industry expert in the field of digital event design by JDC Events. In this episode, we discuss how to determine if your big idea is viable before you build an offering, how to start marketing your big idea before you release it publicly, how to price each iteration of your big idea, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Robbie. Thank you for making the time to be here. I appreciate it. I love being here. Thanks for having me. And I'm interested in jumping right into small list, big results. It's the title of your latest book, but I like it because it also covers marketing and bringing a big idea to life into one intersection. What's the story? How did you discover this? Well, prior to the pandemic, I spent over a decade working to be recognized as a networking expert which included a talk that I'd done. And then that led to me launching a podcast and a group coaching program, uh, TEDx, my first book. And I was poised to be an overnight success 10 years in the making as of 2020. 2020. And essentially that didn't happen because all the things I was known for, nobody needed eye contact, business cards, shaking hands, body language, because events went away. And so I was trying to figure out how how to show up and add value in a different way. Um, that led to me hosting my first virtual happy hour on March 13th, 2020. And I wasn't trying to start a new business, but that effort to show up and add value, um, a month later, I was able to launch a pilot program that started in May, was a four-week program to help people increase their confidence and confidence using Zoom. And I had 15 people, $500 a piece as a pilot. And after like session one, I, I announced the session, I announced the next program and I ran it for four months in a row. There was no mention of it on my website until month three. And that's actually when oh. it became a certification program. So here's the thing. How did, was that all possible? Well, I was a business growth strategy coach at that time. And I was actually coaching about a dozen clients a week on behalf of another company. And as all these inquiries came in, people were like, oh my God, Robbie knows something about Zoom, pick your brain, coffee chat, you help my team. My calendar started to fill up and my extrovert brain was like, oh yay, I get to talk to people who aren't people at the charge of you know, feeding them. And I though had to stop and think, like I would never tell a client to just fill up their you know, calendar with random social calls. So I turned those calls into research calls. It happens that I had already started to write this book in 2018 and shelved it for a little while. So I picked it up again in 2021 because I kept getting asked, Robbie, how did you build a six-figure company in eight months in the middle of a pandemic? And it's a thriving multi-six-figure company as of 2021. And this book really was sort of the answer to that question. But in the three years since I started writing it, I had all these new client stories to share. And I learned from working with these clients, the level of detail and specificity that some people need 
to take action. And so the book is a quick read, but the effort takes you know more than a few hours, right? Like to actually yeah. do the exercises and see results. But I wanted to give people the sense that they could do this themselves. It wasn't just how I did it, but it's what they could do for themselves. Well, I like that a lot of it has to do with relationships. And it really is testing a big idea, finding out if you even should bring it up there. I like that you didn't just start with, oh, you know, look what I did, multi-six-figure business. You can do it too. Just do this and make it sound like it's easier than it is. Could you speak more to that part of not perfecting, but testing your big idea first before making it officially live? One of the problems that I've seen over and over again, myself included, is that entrepreneurs that I work with, we're all experts. So we know a lot about our topic, but the people we're trying to support and reach out to, they're not experts. So they don't have the same vantage point around what the problem even is. So we usually dream up a solution that is a big solution to solve a big problem, but the people we're trying to reach don't have that same understanding of the big problem. They have a small problem in mind. So they're looking for a Band-Aid and we're trying to tell them about buying surgery. And it's a huge disconnect. So we could spend months, if not years, building out this program and recording videos and getting all this landing pages and paying all this money. And then when we finally bring it to the market, people are like, well, who are you? What is this? I don't need this. And it's like, demoralizing. It's like, ah, and unfortunately, a lot of people misdiagnose what the problem is. They think, oh, I don't have a clear enough sense of my target market. I don't have enough of those people on my list. Let me do some list building. So they then focus on list building activities like launching summits or paying for Facebook ads, but they've missed the fact that they didn't actually build out this program or service with input from people who they're trying to actually serve. And so my suggestion is to slow down before you get really locked into the outcome being a specific thing, have these conversations. So my process is really about how do you identify likely prospects from within your existing network who already know, like, and trust you? Have somewhere between 20 and 30 conversations with folks over a six to 12 week time frame, And then from those conversations, determine exactly what you wanna create, do a pilot test of it, invite some of those initial people to be in the pilot, that's your enrollment call, but it won't feel like a sales call because they've been co-creating this with you. Mm -hmm. And then based on that feedback, iterate and decide whether you want to bring it to the public or not. Now, you might find out in the process of having these calls that your idea is DOA, that no one actually <laughs> wants what you're selling, but you've just saved yourself a year and a half of time, money, and effort. And there might be something adjacent that you could offer. I remember working with someone who was really excited about doing a mastermind, 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 mastermind. It was like this big, exciting idea. They were in one. They loved the idea. But when they had some conversations, they realized the people they were trying to reach out to weren't at the place where they were ready to execute. They actually needed training. So masterminds are great to support people who already have the knowledge and they need some accountability and support to actually execute on it. Mm -hmm. But these people needed the training. So if she had gone and just pitched the mastermind, they would have thought, oh, well, that's not me you're talking to. I'm not in a place where that would make sense. They were not looking for that solution. Instead, she put together a bit of a training sequence mm -hmm. that then the people who graduated from, she then offered a mastermind opportunity to keep going. So that's the kind of thing that you find. Sometimes it's a delivery mechanism. Sometimes it's wording that changes. Um, it's just, it really, it's so much good information and it's building the audience and building really the runway for your idea to take off 
if it merits that. So instead of just how, which is why the book didn't do, and I like that about building relationships and testing, instead of worrying about, God, I don't have a list yet, or it's not big enough, I'm just going to go out and get MailChimp, and I'm going to get people to sign up for this, and I've got to build the list, build the list, build the list. It's no, create something that the audience wants, and then, then present it to them, and it's, it could actually be better, because if you're building your list saying, oh, this is my product, a mastermind group, and they don't want it, they're just going to walk away from you and unsubscribe because you didn't take the time to actually breathe life into a big idea the right way. I and mean, would that be true? Absolutely. And you also, I mean, there's two reasons I think people sort of resist doing this, even though they're like, generally, it's a good idea. One, they're the people who are just, they're just nervous about doing this. They're not, they don't like technology. They don't like spreadsheets. They don't like, um, they're not sure what to write to someone or how would I can, what would I say during these research calls? I mean, there's just a lot of like, angst and the mental barrier. That's someone you can work with, right? You can support them. But the other folks that resist doing this are the experts. The I know everything I need to know about mm. my people and my topic. And, you know, they, they really, it's sort of like, well, then you might only need to have eight to 10 calls to validate your idea because you really have a strong sense. But that means eight to 10 people who will be helping you get the word out right? That'll be confirming that you're on the right track. And you might learn a slight shift in words. So in my book, I talk about, you know, what if I created a program for women who are fatigued? And that's the language I keep using is the word fatigue. And then I interview 20 women and 12 say the word exhausted and none of them use the word fatigue. Well, shouldn't I change my copy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sometimes like, even if I have the right idea, I might have the wrong marketing for it. And, you know, for me, I always, I'm so much better verbally, you know, whether it's video or audio, like talking things through, then I am writing them out. And so mm -hmm. the more I can have these conversations, the better my written copy is going to match what I, my intentions are around this. So it's just, I, I think there's some resistance to doing it. And the book really is the like DIY, everything you need. But then what I offer is a, I have a, an ongoing monthly membership group now so that's, you know, $25 a month for people to kind of hang out. And every Friday I host an event, they can ask questions, they network with each other. It's a whole great, you know, kind of tight knit 70 plus people in an, an abundant minded entrepreneurs intentionally building community together. Then I have a two hour offer, right? And then I have a one day offer. And what I now do, Mark, is the money people invest in the two hour and the one day offer, which is all about, you know, list building getting to the point where you're ready to do research calls, getting you to the pilot, I'll apply the money you've given me to the cost of the 12-week incubator, which the incubator really is a small group moving every two weeks meeting to get to the point of actually doing the pilot. So I'm, I'm going to match your investment. Now, not everyone needs all those steps. So mm -hmm. rather than this being a very specific funnel, people can come in wherever they need. So if they want a DIY part of the process, just come in at the end, that's fine. But I also want to give people that these earlier steps can really help them shape the idea. And if they take advantage of it, they're not losing the money because the money is being applied for it. If they would decide to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, all the group money they spent for group programs gets applied to the one-on-one. -on -one. So to me, I'm trying to really meet people where they are, even in, in creating those levels of engagement, rather than dictate here specifically the way you move forward to work with me. Same way I'm doing these research calls, I'm just, I'm trying to form a relationship with prospects and with clients and invites them to really be the, you know, fully full of agency themselves about how they move forward. 
Well, once you have some validation of your big idea and you realize, okay, I, I've got this, I've shifted, I've, you know, it's a training program, not a mentoring program, whatever it might be. What's the next step? It's like, okay, great, it's validated. Now what? So I believe that the steps to go from building your list, doing your research calls, figuring out what your pilot focus will be, what the promise or outcome of your pilot will be, the structure, um, and then even running the pilot, that can all be done in a group. I think you can be, you know, it's very helpful to be in a group experience that way. You get ideas, you bounce, ideas, you know, you're not sure how to approach something. But after the pilot is running, I feel like that's where it's really helpful to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with either a coach, advisor, mentor, guide, somebody who's going to help you figure out those next steps. Because depending on what you learned about the pilots, the fact that you ran the pilot, you got enough validation to run the pilot. Well, now it's like, okay, what did you learn from the pilot? And now it's about a lot of different options for how you move forward. Do you take a, a five-week program pilot and turn it into a three-month, every two-week program, right? Would the extra time be useful? What would you give people to do during that extra time in between? Would your audience prefer something shorter? Maybe they want something tight, like three weeks. You know, so, so it's really about, there's a lot of nuance. And I have this whole like uh, metaphor around climbing a mountain. You know, once you reach the summit, it's a very different horizon than you have when you're in the village below. <laughs> and so it's a lot harder when you're in the village below hanging out in my community group to really even know what help you're going to need. Once you get to the top and you've actually reached the peak, you mm -hmm. discover you're on a mountain range surrounded by lots of other peaks <laughs> that yeah. you might want to conquer now that you've got all this newfound knowledge and confidence. So um, it's really, it's, it's like being in community with other people who are doing this work, I think is really critical uh, and trusting your people will tell you what they need. So the next levels of iteration really depend, but I would keep it as um, lean as possible, meaning not expensive, you know, flashy video and all that for probably another one or two iterations, meaning do live Zoom calls for a few times before you record things. And you might record some pieces of it to either be consumed before a meeting, right? Flipped classroom style or consumed after as part of their homework um, after the session, but you won't know what to record yeah. uh, until you've really run this a few times and you know, don't get ahead of yourself. I, I personally made the mistake, Mark, of paying for Thinkific in 2015, which was the year that I was like, I'm going to be a professional entrepreneur full time. And I didn't even have a course outlined. And I went and bought Thinkific and was struggling to figure out how to attach like a PayPal or mm -hmm. something to it. And it was so cart horse misorder, right? Like, like it was almost like having expenses makes me an entrepreneur. No, no, no. Having a paying client makes you an entrepreneur. Having recurring income makes you successful at it at a business. So <laughs> it's not expenses and being busy is not equated with being successful. So I just think sometimes we we forget that and we count the wrong metrics when we're talking about whether or not we're being successful. So for a book, an online course, coaching, mentoring programs, whatever it might be, when do you start to charge for them? Is it right out of the gates? Do you do something free to like an inner inner circle of friends? Do you do it for free just to figure it out? When do you start charging? Because I know a lot of people, that's where it gets dicey. So I think that you should always charge for a pilot. Okay. Something. Um, 
and that the amount you charge should be have some relationship to the amount you eventually want to charge for the full offer. And I don't have like a direct formula. Um, if you really, if you wanted to press me on it, I would say about a hundred dollars per session. And a session is somewhere between 60 minutes to two hours. Okay. Right. So that that's a kind of a range even there. I would say it's probably 90 minutes to two hours. You're going to have content and you want to leave time for conversation. Right. And you're going to do between one and six of these sessions in between one and six weeks. So roughly 500 bucks. Now that works if the offer you eventually want to get to is about $1,500 to $2,500. Mm -hmm. But if the offer you're wanting to build to is more than that, <laughs> um, then that, that pricing might be different or you're gonna have several iterations. So my offer initially was $500. I did a pilot uh, program. This is years, years ago, 20, mm -hmm. I guess, 17 or 18. And uh, so I did, this, I did this pilot and then the next version was $1,500 for three months. And then I realized that for three months after that ended, people kept reaching out to me for help executing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so this is a six month program. Right. Oh, so, yeah. so what I did, Mark, was in the first three months, every other week was a training, like a masterclass with a little bit of Q&A. And the opposite weeks were masterminds where people came and talked about what they were working on. And the second three months, all the sessions were masterminds. So people could focus on execution. And so that was, I think, like $5,000 at the time. And so, you know, you, you can kind of build and iterate and eventually it got to the point where I then had some private coaching come out of that and right, it like all, and your prices all go up. But when you're first building something, if you don't charge, you're not actually validating because what you will come to, like, I can invite you to come do something with me for free, but that doesn't then translate, oh, people will actually pay for this. So wow. my two hour pop-up mastermind, even in the fall, when I offered it before my book came out, I offered for a hundred bucks just to validate, just to get the idea out there as, as something I could offer. And I never intended to be a lot more than that, but now it's $200, you know? And I, again, I'll match the money. If you keep, if you keep working with me, you get that back. But yeah. I realized I wanted to have people who were serious about doing the work. And so I, I raised the bar a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do still want there to be an entry level option because if I just come at people with my six month coaching package, it's like offering people surgery and they don't even know they need a bandaid. <laughs> like <But it's> you, <laughs> it's so freaking true. Just while we're talking about it to catch it while we've got you here, can you do explain that the very basic version of that? Because someone brought that up with the, one of my offerings is what's your, um, I forget what he called it, like onboarding offering. And when I set a price, I said 3,500, he went, no, that is not an initial offering. <laughs> Wrong. What should the stages be? <laughs> so I, again, I have this sort of picture of a mountain and this is my anti-sales funnel talk. I, I, I think sales funnels trap people in a process. Like they have no agency or free will, and it's our job to keep them in the funnel. And it makes me think of cattle being led to slaughter. And even though Temple mm -hmm. Grandin created a more humane way to do it, they don't actually want to go where they're being led. And yeah. <laughs> right, no matter how humane you make it. So um, I instead think of a ladder of engagement. And this is actually my background in, in nonprofit and fundraising and working with donors. 
you know, if you squeeze a donor to get them to give you a gift, you'll get one gift. You will not get a friend for life who's going to keep giving you money. You know, you can squeeze someone into, into buying something for you with, you know, time's running out, limited capacity, buy now, we got to buy on the phone, you know, no tomorrow. But that doesn't mean they're going to either even opt in in a way that makes them feel comfortable. They're not going to do the work. They're not whatever. Right. So I'm like, I want to give people little nibbles so that they can start to build some confidence themselves that this is actually a solution that they could use. I want them to start building out a plan in their mind about what comes next, because it's really hard when you're in the village. If you're if, if you're if you're actually just heard about the mountain, you haven't gotten the village. It's really hard to imagine climbing to the top. Right. Yep. You have to like get to the base of it just to look up. You think, there's so many stages of people talking themselves out of success. So I think that uh, the onboarding offer needs to be low enough that you can invite people in. And there are ways of doing free things. Like I give away, you know, Mark, I, I've been hosting a free virtual happy hour every Friday since March yeah. 13th, 2020. So I give things free. I've got tons of resources to give away. I'll mention some of them later. But at some point, there's got to be a decision made between people being entrepreneur TV watchers and people who are actually building businesses. And I, and I know a lot of people who get sucked into being entrepreneur TV watchers. They go from one weekend summit to another weekend summit to one webinar to another webinar and they consume, but they don't take action. And so I like the idea, idea of having a small dollar offer that was a group experience. People can get to see what I'm like and decide whether I'm the kind of person I want to work with. And I have to give them a small win. So in some ways, the two-hour offer has some pre-work, but, but if they can see that they, they say, wow, I could actually do this, the kind of questions they start to have after they've moved through this process are different. Well, now they're ready for a different solution. That's my one-day workshop. They're still in community. They're still getting to ask questions. They get a little bit of training. It's very hands-on. And they move a little bit further through the experience. Now I have a $3,000 offer, but I will apply the money they've already spent. Right. Yep. So I'm really, I'm like, Hey, you've already invested. This is like me and CVS. I go to CVS all the time because they keep giving me free money. Right. Like, yes. I can't, <laughs> I can't get out of the cycle because I'm like, how could I not go and claim my $4? So similarly, I'm like, you've already invested $700 with me or $200 or $500, whatever it is, continue on the journey. You like the people I attract. You feel good about me as a guy, right? So it's that kind of engagement. Do they have to do every step? No. The book gives them a lot of information. They could skip from the book right to the, to the workshop. Do they have to be in the community, which is the village experience? No. Do they have, you know, I, so I, I, I think like, what are the different stages you want to move people through? And over time, you build out these offers. You don't start this way, but I think too often we come up with a big offer you know, the, the six month package and people are not ready to commit to working with us in a six month package. So you kind of have to build some building blocks mm -hmm. to kind of build people in. And I just wanted to make it more transparent. And I wanted to, to believe, to like have them believe in themselves and I believe in their success, which is why I do the matching. I don't know anyone else is doing this thing. I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Because it, it, the ladder of engagement is like a big notion in, in the world of fundraising and donors engagement, but it's the opposite is true in the world of sales funnels. So, you know, I want, I want to entice people to keep saying yes. I want to make sure I keep making the invitation, the offer, but they need to be the ones saying, yeah, you know, I do want to continue doing this. I am ready to continue doing this work.
Well, we <clears throat> covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time. If someone says, I, I love everything you're saying, I'm going to re-listen to it and all that good stuff, but the usual, you know, I'm busy, excuse, 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 to take it out and say, look, if you're going to do one thing, whether it's reiterating something you've said or something you haven't touched on, it's like, if you're going to dip your toe in the water, do this, what would you tell them to do? I would tell them to go to robbysamuels.com forward slash Mark and download the free big results toolkit and specifically look for the wake up your network workbook, which details all the steps taken directly from my book on how to download a list, maybe from LinkedIn or their email contacts or phone contacts or some social media list and start to identify likely prospects and likely referral partners from that, from people who already know them. These are people who would recognize your name and you'd be happy to hear from them. And then based on their connection to you, their interest in your topic and their influence in the space, deciding whether or not to reach out to them. If you start to just do that process, even before you know whether you're actually going to do research calls, so many new ideas are going to come to you. People that you hadn't thought of in a while are going to spring to mind and you're going to want to start reaching out. And then I would say, you know, read the book to learn how to do that next step or reach out to me to learn more about the programs I do to support you in doing those next steps. I, I, all the people I've done this work with have resisted the process at some point or another for a variety of reasons. And the ones who've completed it have said it was invaluable and well worth their time and save them time. So be the kind of person who decides to spend a little money and time and effort up front to get real clarity about what your people need, which will help you bring your big idea to life more quickly having the exact marketing that speaks to them so that you, you really are serving people. You're, you're creating a, a service-based business and not just selling people because you created a product that you really want to get, you know, get people to buy. So it, it's, it's the upfront effort, but I really think going to robbysamuels.com forward slash Mark and downloading that. I and mean, there's even like a 30 minute training you could watch. I mean, I've got a lot of information in that toolkit, but go to that, the wake up your network workbook and, um, you'll learn more about that. Thank you so much. And if people want to find you online, robbysamuels.com, any other places? I'm, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I send post content on a regular basis. Um, and I try to point people to the direction of different resources that I've created as well there. And then also the, uh, the other places to go is www.contentandconnectionclub.com. That's my village that people can go. They get access to thousands of dollars worth of content and an amazing community of entrepreneurs, both online and also virtual uh, Zoom calls. So it's a great way to sort of dip your toe in and learn more about what we're all about. Thanks again. I appreciate the time, Robbie. It's been fun as always. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.